Thriving in divorce and beyond means not having to worry about the safety of your children when it comes to co-parenting. With alcohol abuse on the rise, many co-parents are turning to the system committed to providing proof, protection, and peace of mind. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. Soberlink's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test so you can be confident your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court-admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. Pull back the curtain on the mysteries of parenting time and trust the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology to keep you informed and your kids safe and secure. To download the resource I created with Soberlink, Divorce and Addiction, A Guide to Move Forward, visit www.soberlink.com backslash Susan. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. You can really mess up your head by convincing yourself that your ex is blissful when everybody has problems. He's mourning just as much as you are, grieving the divorce like you are. He's just doing it in a very different way. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And today, everyone, we have our favorite divorce girl smiling. We're joined again by Jackie Pilosoff. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Susan. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here at this exciting time in the world of Divorce Girl Smiling. You and I were just talking, and I want to let my my listeners know Divorce Girl Smiling is having its 10th anniversary and is celebrating about 7 million views on the website. So congratulations, Divorce Girl Smiling. Yay! Thank you so much. It's hard to believe. It's been a long journey and it's been wonderful. And I love seeing how many people it's helping and, and a community that it's become. It's amazing. It's, I'm so blessed. You, you just used the word I think that I want my, my listeners to key in on is community because that's really what you have grown and built around Divorce Girl Smiling, which started as something that you were writing. You're, you're a journalist. Um, and we're a writer for the Chicago Tribune here in Chicago. And, uh, we're writing about sort of your divorce experience. And now 10 years later, 
hello world, you are really created. There's a podcast, there's blogs, there's resources, there's all kinds of everything you might want to be if you are a divorce girl who wants to smile. So first off, listeners, go to divorcegirlsmiling.com, celebrate the 10 years, celebrate, be the 7 million and one viewer of the page um, and make sure you check it out. But We have a topic today, ladies and gentlemen out there, that is going to resonate with oh so many. In fact, it resonates with Jackie and I. We've been talking about it. It resonates with many clients that I've had over the years. Um, And that is the situation when your ex moves on in a hot minute after you're getting a divorce. (laughs) And so this happens. You and I see it, Jackie, right? We see this all the time where, you know, the... The polite email goes out to family and friends. We regret to say that, you know, X and I have decided to part ways. We do this with love and hope and and ask for privacy in this time. And then two minutes later, they your ex shows up at the local watering hole with their new squeeze. Or your friend calls you and says, I I don't mean to upset you. Are you sitting down? I just saw so-and-so on Bumble. Oh. That one happens all the time. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually dating myself, everyone, because when I got divorced over 20 years ago, Bumble didn't exist. And so no one ever called me to tell me my ex was on Bumble, (laughs) but they did call me from the local watering hole saying, hey, he's sitting at the bar with so-and-so or something like that. It happens all the time. I got the call of, um, I saw your ex out last night. Okay. He was with some girl. All I know is she's blonde and looks a lot younger than us. (laughs) It's like, oh, great. Thanks so much for the call. (laughs) Happy morning to you as well. And I should say, we are laughing, folks, but at the time when I got that telephone call, and I'm sure when you got that telephone call, and I'm sure for listeners out there that are getting text messages with pictures of the young blonde or whatever that is, because now we have that added fun in our lives or videos or whatever it might be, um, this can be a shock, an upset, a surprise, uh, even when you're the person who wanted the divorce. Oh, 100%. It's just devastating because it kicks the whole thing into reality almost. You know, that's a really good point, right? It's the um, it's the next step of not only is our relationship over, which may have been many years coming, um, but maybe still being dealt with and felt. And it is that somebody's just starting to move on is it, it's that shocking. And and we mentioned, you know, it, it's upsetting even if you're the one who wanted the divorce. That's the phenomena I actually see most often. I call it the I don't want him or her, but you can't have that. Yes. And why is that? Why do women, well, and men maybe, get so upset when they're the ones who wanted the divorce? And what I have to say in their defense is that You're still allowed to grieve if you wanted the divorce, you know, like people would say to me, because I was the one who wanted it. Well, kind of both, but me, I think a little more. And people would say, but this is what you want. Why are you so upset? Why do you care? You don't even want to be with him. And 
I don't know. I can't even answer that question. Maybe it made me feel really lonely. It made me feel like, well, now do I have to start doing this? How could he, after all this time, move on so quickly? How can he shut it off? Maybe he never loved me, you know? And so there's many reasons. I mean, I wrote a whole article, When Your Ex Gets Married, Feelings It Can Cause, yeah. You know, yeah. We'll link to that everybody in the show notes, but <laughs> yeah, no. And your point is, is a really good one. And I think for listeners to be thinking about, um, here, what it does is it roils up a whole bunch of emotion for us at a time when we're already going through a lot of emotional content. And now suddenly there's this whole new flood. And you mentioned one of the things sort of in a side what ways manner, but you said your friend sent you the, or gave you the call, you know, she's blonde and she's younger than we are. It mm -hmm. immediately for many of us starts that comparison to, as if we are in some sort of competition or some sort of, you know, held up to this standard of this person who just happens to be sitting at a dinner table or at a bar stool with our ex. We, we start putting that on ourselves. And it starts you make, to make you feel older. Like, oh, well, last time I dated was 20 years ago. So who's going to want me now? I hear that from so many women I can't even count. Who's going to want me at 40, 45 years old? Please, I'd give anything to be 45 years old. <laughs> <laughs> There's some hope for all of us out there. I would too. So, <laughs> no, but it really makes you feel like now you're right. You're in competition. And how am I going to meet someone? And do I even want to meet someone yet? Maybe I'm not even ready, but how could he be ready? You know, and so yeah. it doesn't really feel fair. Why does he get to be happy? He caused me all this misery and now he's out dating, having a great time with some young blonde. Right. Well, and let me point out that may not necessarily be true because we all know dating can be not so much fun at times. Our friend Bella Gandhi might not say that as well, but, but actually I think she would go listen to some of Bella's episodes. Dating is a marathon, not a sprint, as she says as well. And I think you've also pointed something else out here is that for us, it also highlights if we're going to move on into a new relationship, we have this journey ahead of us of dating, finding someone. It can We may not be ready. Should we be ready? Hey, they're ready. Why aren't we feeling ready? And they seem to have seamlessly and easily just jumped ahead into the next relationship. And so that can also make us feel, I think, like we're starting behind way back you know, still in the starting gate while they've moved on with their lives. Absolutely. And, you know, it also makes you think to yourself, well, maybe he didn't love me. And I want to tell your listeners that that is definitely not the case. Men, I believe, I don't want to generalize here, but I think men deal with getting divorced much differently than women. And they jump into a relationship really quickly, or even just sex or dating or going on these apps, because that is their way to soothe their pain. Whereas women will go to therapy, get a divorce coach, work on themselves. Now, Susan, I'm not saying this is true for every man and every woman, but I, I've talked to enough divorced men and divorced women to know that 
it's usually women take t- take their time. They don't jump into a relationship, and really, a lot of men do. I shouldn't say yeah. all. You know, a lot. No, of I, and I, I, yes, there are generalizations, but I've been a divorce attorney for a really long time, and I will have to say that generally, that is what I have seen as well with clients. Um, mm-hmm. Is that the men in relationships? tend to very quickly feel a lack in their lives, right? There's a person missing. And so they will very quickly fill that empty space with another person. But what I have also noticed is that because divorces take so long. So as a divorce attorney, I was often involved in their lives for quite a year or two years, several years in some cases. Very rarely did those relationships end up being a final relationship or the next real relationship, but they would act like it was. Yes, absolutely. And here's another thing that people do. We tend to fantasize that our ex is so much happier than us. He's having the greatest time. He's so happy he's divorced. He's so in love with this other woman. And You have to, I'm talking to your listeners now, get that out of your mind because you can really mess up your head by convincing yourself that your ex is blissful when everybody has problems. He's mourning just as much as you are, grieving the divorce like you are. He's just doing it in a very different way. Yeah. And, and, you know, just being with someone else, you can actually be very lonely, as we all know, if you've been through a divorce, you can be very lonely in a relationship when it's not the right relationship. And if what you've done is fill an empty space in your life with the next available warm body, and, and I mean, no offense to the next available warm body, but if, if it isn't truly a connection, then it's a relationship that's just a filler. It's just something that's filling that space Uh, for that person. And it's actually not particularly fair to the new person in their lives because they may be in a space where they're actually looking for a relationship that's going to go forward, where they're really just a a space filler in time for those people. The ex-wife doesn't know that. So you're sitting there thinking he's blissful and really he isn't. And the other thing I remember is my ex started dating my neighbor and Oh, that was fun. So you get to watch it. I would see them (laughs) everywhere. And I remember people in my town, like I was thinking, I live in a small suburb and I was thinking people would think, well, why did he get involved? So she must have been the problem because, oh, look, he has a, he's dating so-and-so and they're so cute with their little blended family. And, you know, here I was alone. So it made me feel like maybe people were talking. Well, not maybe yeah. or yeah. Um, you know, welcome to the suburbs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was another issue. Well, and to that point though, I think you know, yes, they may have been talking to the extent that it impinged in their lives, but I think some of that, our belief that our ex is so joyful and happy in their new relationship our belief that everybody's talking about us and thinking we're the problem and there's something wrong with us. A lot of that is our inside head chatter 
and may not have a lot to do with reality. We have no actual perception. Do you think your ex is actually going to say, eh, yeah, I'm dating him or her. I mean, they're fine for right now. They're not really my cup of tea, but it's good to have someone to go to a movie with. No, they're going to let you think this is the love of their lives. because Oh, I was some- just going to say, they're going to do the exact opposite. Throw yes. it in your face as much as possible so that they appear to be happy. And and if you think about that, take that a step further, their efforts to throw it in your face are really about you and their feelings about you and have nothing to do with that other person. That other person is just a sad pawn in the entire little game that's being played here. Right. Because they're angry at you. They're resentful. They might be bitter and they're harboring all of these negative feelings and that's their way of getting back at you. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to turn it around, cause I've, I've had these conversations with clients as they've, they've found new relationships or tried dating because they're really just so miserable with where they are in their life. They are, they're hoping that dating as they go through the divorce is going to be something that makes them feel better. Um, and, and many times it's not at all, but they're in that, they're feeling so bad. So the opposite of what you're thinking, they're, they're feeling so bad that the des- there's almost a desperation to the dating. Mm-hmm. Well, I also wrote this article about why people move on so quickly and do that. And you just, you just hit it on the head. First of all, well, I wrote they, that they're lonely. They could be really lonely, but also they want to validate that they still have sex appeal. Like, you know, are women still going to be attracted to me? I have to know. So yeah. they go out and date. And like we said, they're angry. They want to hurt their spouse um, and they want to numb their pain, you know, and sure. also they might be in denial that any of this is their fault. So they're thinking, well, this other girl is going to appreciate me so much more. She never appreciated me. A lot of times people who are getting divorced don't get the insight and the self-awareness until later. And then they look back and say, you know what? Maybe there was some things I did that now I maybe understand why she wasn't happy with me or why we got divorced. But it sometimes takes a while to see that. Yeah. But that is so critical. I want to, I want to repeat what you just said because I think that is absolutely, you know, at the core of this, that people there's a there's a feeling bad about myself. I've been rejected by my spouse. But hey, Molly thinks I'm awesome. So therefore, there's clearly nothing wrong with me. The problem must be with my spouse because Molly thinks I'm great. Because with Molly, you're going to be on your best behavior for at least a year. I mean, think about it, Susan. I'm in, I'm in the best relationship I've ever been in in my life right now, okay? We've been together for eight years. I couldn't find one thing wrong with John for the first, I'd say, two years we were dating, you know, and now I still love him. I love him even more than I did in year two, but I saw these faults coming out. And so I think people are on their best behavior and showing their best self, especially after a divorce in the first like few months or a year. And I'm not saying anything negative that you shouldn't show your best self. That's just what people do at the beginning of a relationship. It is. And and there's some 
maybe some benefit to it, uh, you know, that there's some validation for people if they start dating during the divorce process of still being a viable, attractive, dateable person. But you do do yourself some uh, maybe harms too strong a word, but you can delay your divorce recovery or whatever we want to call this, your re-entry into the world post-divorce when you don't give yourself the chance to own your own side of the street, when you block the introspection and the self-awareness that you were just talking about by putting a Band-Aid over it with Molly or whatever his or her name is, right? They come in and we all know the first I think they say 18 months to it, two years is the endorphin time, the oxytocin's rushing around, new relationships feel so awesome. And basically they're not real. They're not a, a time in life. And then real relationships go on for the next six years. Or like me, my husband and I have been together for 20. But yeah, I still remember those first couple of years of, ah. But I didn't meet my husband until three years after my divorce, after I had gone through a lot of, oh, maybe I did bring some of that misery on myself in my first marriage. So listeners, the number one regret I hear from people who've gone through a divorce is that they didn't prepare in advance. We know there's no do-over in divorce, so planning early in the process truly is a game changer. The Divorce Planners Divorce Prep products have helped thousands of people throughout the U.S. and Canada save both time and money during their divorce. Their digital divorce prep products guide you through how to build resilience, how to tackle your budget with easy to use financial planning tools, and how to streamline your essential document collection, all of which brings you clarity and confidence for moving forward. Recommended by divorce attorneys, mediators, and financial advisors, the Divorce Planner's digital downloads help you address the emotional and the business sides of divorce so you create your best next chapter. Visit thedivorceplanner.net to learn more and take advantage of the free divorce prep resources available on their site. Divorce is hard. The Divorce Planner makes planning for one easy. Stay tuned for more from my chat with the founder of Divorce Girl Smiling, Jackie Pilosoff, as we talk about how to cope when your ex moves on in a hot minute. Really, you deserve to be with somebody who loves you. And nobody, people will say like, oh, I loved him so much and he left. Well, you deserve to be with someone who doesn't leave, who's going to love you. And why would you want him if he doesn't want you anyway? If you are enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show with top attorney and mediator, Rosemary Ferrante, as we unpack just what no-fault divorce really means and why it's a good thing. Every state in this country adopts no-fault divorce. It was to de-escalate. It was to help families transition. It's led to more efficient divorces. It's led to more uh, healthy and respectful divorces. And isn't that the goal of a society, I would hope. And now we return to today's show. And all 
also what I think your listeners, I would love for them to know this is that that doesn't mean you can't date. You can still work on yourself and date. We're not saying that you should sit home and work on yourself and not get involved with someone. But Susan, you're right. You probably, as you were going through the self-awareness in the three years, you probably dated people and had relationships that didn't work out because you were still finding yourself and trying to fix yourself and be a better partner for your next real relationship. Yeah. And the work you do starts to let you know what you don't want and to be more decisive about that. And that that was something that was actually the most helpful to me because you're right. I did date. I mean, not uh, not a lot, but I did date during those three years. And I would quickly know that this was not, you know, this is just this is fun for dinner, but this isn't going anywhere or Or not just what you don't want, what you're not willing to put up with. Like, you you know what? I am not going to settle. When people say settling, they think of like, oh, you know, settling for like the nice guy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about all of these red flags. And you're saying, I'm okay to be alone rather than date another, uh, like someone who has uh, an addiction or somebody who cheats or any red flag and you just feel like, you know, in your heart now you deserve best, the best. Yeah. And and you're more aware of what that, that is for you. And you're a better partner yourself. I think when you do that work, you know, one thing that comes up very often, you know, we talked about the episode being when your ex moves on in a hot minute, but what do you have to say about when it's not even really moving on because they already moved on. This is the affair partner that they now jump into a full-blown like playing house relationship. They move out one day and they're in a new family the next day. Okay, you mean you mean not just moving on, getting married when you're actually Well, or in the divorce, like they they finally see, they've been having an affair, you knew or you didn't. They've decided that divorce is happening, they tell you and literally like go out the door and move in with their their other this other person they've been having an affair with and go out in a whole new, you know, hey, I've moved on. Right. Okay. So I that did not happen to me, but it happened to a good friend of mine. And I lived the whole thing with her. And to see that kind of pain, it's been like 15 years already. And she's totally fine and doing great. But to watch that pain, Susan, it was heartbreaking for me. She was just so devastated. I mean, he had like a new family in like two minutes. And she thought they were happy. You know, she had no idea. And so I can't even imagine the pain that that would cause somebody. So I guess, are you asking me for suggestions if this is somebody's experience? Because I think it happens, I know in, in my experience of clients that this happens fairly often, right? That that when there's been an affair, um, many times when the, when the couple splits up, the person who's leaving will just move right into a new, like a new relationship with the, 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 and, and, and it's horrible. And 
as I said, it didn't happen to me, but my ex did get married pretty quickly, not with someone he was cheating, but here's how it made me feel. It made me feel really alone. Like I was so alone and he was blissful and it led to me being really angry. I mean, I remember I was at my son's basketball game and I casually turned my head and looked at his girlfriend and I saw the ring and I turned around and I had like tears in my eyes and was holding back tears the entire game thinking, oh my gosh, I, there's nobody I can say to this, you know, even talk to, and I have to fake it now. And it was just the way the whole thing went down. No, they didn't tell me anything. I was like, did my kids know? Did they notice the ring? And it made me feel really alone and bitter. It didn't feel fair. It made me feel like I, okay. So after crying for like three days straight. Which is a perfectly <laughs> acceptable reaction. <laughs> okay. But I didn't, um, I didn't want him back or anything. I just felt really angry about it and upset and like, kind of like jealous that it wasn't me. Right. But I'll tell, this is what I want to tell your listeners that I think will be helpful. It made me realize that I was not happy in my own life and in my own relationship. And I had been divorced for like probably three years and I was dating somebody and I knew it wasn't right. And so that was a good thing because it pushed me into realizing why am I so upset about this? If I was really happy with this guy, I wouldn't be so upset about this. Or maybe I wasn't happy with what I was doing, you know? And so what I would tell people if I was giving advice is that really try to look at your own life because you have no control that your ex decided to marry the cheater and have a, that's a whole shit show waiting to happen down the road because that's right. going to catch up with them. But you can't sit around and wait for that to happen. You have a chance here to have a really happy life. So the focus always has to be on what you are trying to do to make your life better and almost like cognitive therapy saying whenever thoughts of him and her and their new baby are coming into your mind, you have to block them out and say, nope, I'm not going there. I'm going to think about what am I doing tonight? I'm having dinner with one of my best friends from high school. We're going to have a great time. Anything, whatever it is, I'm getting a new puppy. I'm, I'm going to get it promoted in my job. Anything you want. You need to focus on making yourself happy because there's nothing you can do about him and his new baby and cheater wife. Yeah. And I love, I love that how you turned that around when I kind of put you on the spot asking you this question, but it's so perfect because, and we say it all the time and I want listeners to know, don't think either one of us is saying we think it's easy to turn off those emotions and stop focusing on their lives and start focusing on yourself. We know it's not easy. Jackie just told you it happened to her. Certainly, I've had experiences in my life where something similar has been going on, but you're 100% correct. The only thing that you have any control over is how you approach your own life and focusing on your own life. And if you're not happy there, that is to where you want to put your emotional and mental energy, not on what your ex is doing, whether they moved out yesterday or whether it's three years down the road, whatever it might be. 
So your listeners might benefit from hearing what happened to my friend, the one I was talking about. Yeah, bring it on. The husband got remarried like the day after the divorce was final. And she was really in pain for a long time. But along the way, she started taking these trips. She has done marathons. She's been to about 20 different countries. She had never taken a vacation by herself because she was married right out of college. So she never lived on her own or anything. This woman has done more stuff than almost anyone I know. She is so happy. She looks amazing. She's in great shape. And she met somebody. It took her like 10 years. She dated a ton of people. It was never right because she couldn't let go of the marriage. Now she said, I think I might be in love. And I am thrilled for this woman. But I don't want it to take people listening. I don't want it to take 10 years for you because- Really, you deserve to be with somebody who loves you. And nobody, people will say like, oh, I loved him so much and he left. Well, you deserve to be with someone who doesn't leave, who's going to love you. And why would you want him if he doesn't want you anyway? Right. I, I And that is really the core truth. And And if you're in that place of he left me, I love him, I want him back, that's where you need to do the work because you're not valuing valuing yourself enough right there to want someone who wants you as much as you want them. And and we both know you're in the relationship, I'm in the relationship. The the difference is mind-blowing. The difference is world-changing. There are so many people I talk to that this happened to and they years later are so much happier and say he did me a huge favor. So I'm not trying to give the cheater any credit. That is not, they should have left first. But really, if if they weren't happy, then you do realize that maybe you weren't either and you're in this much healthier, happier relationship. It's beautiful to see. But I did want to say one more thing, Susan. I worry more about people who aren't angry when they're getting divorced than I do about the angry ones. Because I've seen some people say like, well, one girl said like, you know, he had cancer. Did that give him the right to cheat and leave her for someone else? And by the way, I've had cancer. So I'm not saying I don't know what he feels like either. But, you know, like when people... People need to get angry, not for a really long time and never let it go, but you have to get angry or you're not, if you don't experience that stage, you can't move right. on. Well, it's the, if you get, you if you don't experience anger, you're not moving through the other four steps. You know, as we, I've talked about on another episode, just the stages of grief and you go through those same stages of grief when someone dies as, as when you go through a divorce. And when you, I, I love that you say, don't get caught in the anger stage, because that happens. We see you and I both see that all of the time, but there is a healthy amount of anger, but that is focused on the other person. And I I really ultimately really want listeners to hear what you said that I think is so valuable is the focus on the other person, what they're doing in their life, whether they're happy or they're not, that is not going to change anything about the happiness of your life. That's where you want to put 
the focus. What do you need to be happy? Where can you make changes to be happy? And, you know, I loved your, your story, you know, your story about your, your friend on that and, and yours when your ex got remarried three years later, right? It showed you that there were changes you needed to make in your life, not about him, about you. Right. And for anyone who's listening, every time you stalk his Facebook page or one of his friends trying to get a glimpse of a picture, you're only hurting yourself. Like, be kind to yourself. Don't do that to yourself because you're only going to be upset. There's no other outcome that is going to happen. There's no other way you're going to react. Like, oh, she looks lovely. Right. Even if, even if the girl is hideous or your ex got fat or is balding and you're like, oh, he doesn't even look good anymore. It's not going to help. You're still going to have that pain. So don't you love yourself enough not to do that to yourself. hundred percent agree. And everybody does it. Try not to do it, everybody. And your friends are going to do it and your family's going to do it and tell them you don't want to see it. You, you have better things. And you don't, don't want to hear about it. So I, I love this. I know there are going to be insights here that really help people because these are honestly, you know, 90% of divorces, somebody's going to be feeling some of what we've been talking about here. Um, it's just a, it's just a universal, um, as people move on through divorce and after divorce into their better life beyond. But what we want you to know, everyone, is there is a better life beyond. And you can help, uh, Jackie can help you get there if you go to Divorce Girl Smiling. She'll have you smiling a lot faster if you visit the website. So um, tell everybody what you want them to know and how to reach out to you, Jackie. Well, what do I want them to know? I want them to know that I went through a divorce several years ago and I'm feeling all the emotions that you're feeling. I went through it all. So I never claimed to be a divorce coach or a therapist. I am a journalist. Divorce Girl Smiling is a media company. And I just took all my pain and journaled it. So I'm feeling... I. I felt your fear, your stress, your sadness, your anger, your jealousy, everything you're feeling, I did. And that's what you'll find on Divorce Girl Smiling. It's very non-judgmental. It's all about things I've seen in divorce, what I experienced, the mistakes I made, what I did right. And, you know, that's what I want to say. You're going to turn out just fine if you make good choices. And if you really want to be happy and have a good life, you definitely you can, can do smile. it. So go to divorcegirlsmiling.com. As always, we will have um, links to everything that we've talked about in the show notes, everyone. And Jackie, I know I'm going to have, so the way Jackie ends up on the show is I see one of her articles come out and I'm like, oh, that is a topic we have to talk about. So I know you're going to be on again soon, but thank you as always for being so generous with your time and your wisdom to come on my show whenever I ask you. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I always have such a good time talking to you. And I feel like we really helped a lot of people. Always. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. 
You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.